Amen. A couple of quick announcements here real quick. Uh, we got a new believers class on Wednesday night. If you guys haven't got a uh, bulletin, yeah. Yeah, one club. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. So we got uh, that going on. If you're a new believer, guys, or you've, you've kind of been away from the Lord for a while and you've come back, plug into that class right there. It'd be good for you. It looks like right here we're going to be starting our first choir practice back up this Wednesday night, it looks like. Amen. So that'd be awesome. There's something that you can plug into. Uh, we got our hiking date for September. It's going to be September 29th for the hikers group, those that like to hike. We got a group that you can get involved with, guys, and hike. Praise the Lord. Um, Revelation class will be next week with Brother White. And uh, amen. Yes, it's a good class. And then it's coming close to an end, and we'll have to get another book. Praise the Lord. And then uh, yesterday, like Jen said, we uh, fed the homeless, and they had a great day. And then this coming up Saturday, uh, we're going to have our food giveaway and our clothes closet. Praise the Lord. From uh, 1030 to 1130. Amen. So come on out, sign up, uh, take some food. If you know someone that's in need of food, if you don't need it, take it, sign up, and, and give it to them. Be a blessing to somebody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody awake? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, Lord, I just come before you this morning. And Lord, I would ask that you would touch your church, Father, Lord. Thank you for the spirit we feel here this morning, Father. Father, Lord, that you, your people would just be hungry and passionate, Father. You're calling a, your church to, to come alive and be passionate for you, Lord, and share the witness, Father, Lord, out in this world, in a dark world, Father. We'd be a light, Father, and to be hungry for you, Lord, and have passion in our life, Father. And, Father, I come against every hindering spirit this morning that would try to bind this word, Father. I bind it, I break it, I cast it down in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would minister words, Father, Lord, that would touch your body, Father. Grow us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I had a water here. I need my water. Praise God. So my thoughts this morning, guys, is on passion and passion killers. Passion and passion killers. See, the creative force behind any great thing, guys, in life is passion. You know, great movies, great music, great uh, books of literature, great uh, works of art is passion. Nothing great is ever accomplished, guys, in life without, without passion. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. See, passion makes the impossible possible. Without passion, life just becomes routine. Your relationships with your, with your spouse will become routine. Uh, without passion, your relationship with Christ will just become routine. It takes passion, guys. God created you to have passion in your life, praise the Lord. He wants you to live for him with passion. Passion is what causes explorers, guys, to, to boldly go where no man's gone before, praise God. You know, like Lewis and Clark and uh, Amelia Earhart and Charles Lindbergh and, praise God, Captain Kirk, too, praise the Lord. You know, boldly go, man. Passion. Passion is what drives you to keep going when you're going through difficult times in your life. Passion is what makes a good athlete a great athlete, praise God. You've got to have passion, guys. Passion in your life. One day a teacher came up to Jesus and he asked him, he said, Jesus, he goes, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus tells him here in Mark 12, 30, uh, he says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your heart. In other words, with passion, guys, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. See, Jesus is wanting you to love him passionately, to come after him passionately. Nothing else matters, guys, but, but serving the Lord with passion in your life, going after him with a, a heart of passion, praise the Lord. See, God doesn't want you to just go after him with a half, half heart, but all your heart, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, guys. God is saying, I want you guys to pursue me with an effort, with some energy, put some effort into it, some passion into it. Don't come after me half-heartedly, but with all your heart, praise the Lord. Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, follow me with, with passion, with passion. 
See, I've seen people come to church, guys, that's been, you know, that claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they look like they've been sucking on lemons for half their life. You know, how are you going to be a witness to somebody? Who's going to want what you want or, or got what you want or have, praise the Lord? You got you to gotta have some passion in your life, man. Turn that frown upside down, praise the Lord. Get some passion for Jesus Christ in your life. See, God wants you guys to live with passion and go after him passionately. All through the Bible, the Bible talks about us following and going after the Lord with passion. We're to love God passionately. We're to serve him passionately and obey him with passion, guys. The Bible says in Colossians 3.23, And whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as to the Lord and not to men. We're to serve him wholeheartedly, guys, with passion. He says, I want you to do everything with passion, guys. If you're going to come after me, love me with passion. Serve me with passion. Live with me with passion in your life, praise God. See, the crazy thing, guys, is we live in a world. We live here in America where it's okay to be passionate about everything else about, but except your Christianity. See, it's not politically correct to, to be passionate about God. See, our culture says it's okay to be passionate about everything else, but your relationship with Jesus Christ, that's a no-no. But see, we can go to a ball game where people can yell and scream, jump up and down, get in fights, act like idiots, guys, roll on the floor and cry because their team either won or lost. You know, but, but we're looked at like we're crazy because we want to we wanna serve God. If I'm, if I'm in a public restaurant, guys, and, and saying the blessing over the food, or if I want to share my faith with someone on the outside, or because I come to church, the world looks at us like we're crazy. There's even some churches, guys, that, that, that if you get too emotional, they want you to calm down because they'll think you're weird. Well, guess what? I guess I'm weird because I know who saved me. I know my Redeemer lives, and he got a plan and a purpose for my life, praise God. So you got to have passion, guys, for your walk in Christ. Be passionate. Don't care what the world thinks or what they say, but stand up and be bold and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed, but have passion in your life for the Lord. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual uh, fervor uh, serving the Lord. A word, uh, fervor, that's a weird word, fervor. It's, it's another word for passion, praise God. It's another word for passion. Verse 11, you guys notice right here, it says, keep. It says, keep. Keep your spiritual fervor. In other words, guys, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a discipline. It's something that you have to do. You have to maintain in your life. You have to keep the passion going in your life for the Lord in your relationship. It just doesn't come naturally, guys. It just doesn't come by you coming to church and sitting in a, in a chair. You have to go after the Lord, praise God. You got, you're responsible for keeping that fire burning in your life. Just like the priests in the Old Testament, they had a job to do. They had to keep the fire burning on the altar. And if they saw it going down, it was their job to stoke it. And church, you and me, when we feel like our passion is going out of our life, you need to get the old spiritual poker out and start getting the passion back in your life. Start getting the wood back on the fire. That way, when the things of the world want to come, come at you and lay across the altar of your life, they'll be burned up because you're on fire for Jesus Christ. you got the power of the Lord working in your life, praise God. You've got fire, you've got passion for God in your life. Praise the Lord. See, don't let the distractions of this world, guys, cause your passion and your, and your fire for God to go out. Keep the fire burning in your life. Be passionate for God. See, being passionate for God, guys, it has nothing to do with your personality or your age. I know people both young and older who are still passionate for God, passionate for the word, passionate for coming to church, passionate for worship. And there's some senior believers here in this church, guys, that have walked the walk and they've talked the walk and they've stood the test of time. And they're still passionate about their walk in Jesus Christ. And you need to seek them out and get around them and glean from them, pull from them, learn from their wisdom and apply it to your life. 
See, it has nothing to do with age. My dad was 78 years old, and he preached the walls down the week before the Lord took him home. And he was still passionate about the Lord and things going on in the church. My mother's in her 70s, and she's got a passion for praying. And she will pray you into a coma if you let her pray for you, praise God. If you need prayer, have her pray for you, man. The fire will come down and touch you, praise the Lord. She'll pray you in a coma. <laughs> and see? And it's not about personalities, guys. If having passion, you can be outgoing or you can be quiet. Brother White's a quiet guy on the outside of the church. He doesn't say a whole lot. But you get him behind this, this, this pulpit here, guys, and he's like a roaring lion, man. He's like hell on wheels. He's, he's just, he'll get on it. I always tease him that I want to see him preach the word after he's drank a Red Bull or a Monster. But uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. I think, uh, I think he would continuous combust and just blow up or he'd be like Elijah and just take on off, man. Praise the Lord. But you've got to have passion, guys, for your walk in Christ. Praise the Lord. See, passion in your walk in Christ, guys, it has nothing to do with your age or your personality, but it has everything to do with your personal pursuit of Jesus Christ, how you go after the Lord, guys. You have to keep the flame burning in your life. You can have the flame burning as hot as you want for the Lord as long as you keep the fire going in your life, guys. And see, this world's going to throw everything at you to keep the fire down in your life, to keep you from being passionate. There was a dad having a birthday party for his uh, son, his youngest son, and he had all these balloons with helium, and they got loose, and they had a tall ceiling, so they went up to the top of the ceiling. So he's sitting there trying to figure out how he could get them down. So his older son comes in and says, Dad, don't worry about it. He says, don't worry about it. With, by tomorrow, the, the air will be out of them, and they'll be back down, and you can grab them. And sure enough, within a couple of hours, they'd already started falling, falling down to the ground, guys. And that's kind of like a lot of uh, uh, believers, Christians, you know, we start out, we get on fire for God, and we, when we really start to understand what God did for us and what he did for us on the cross, we get all excited, we got passion, guys, and we got joy in our life, and we begin to rise up in our life, and we're just excited, and we're happy, praise God, our sins have been forgiven, I got a plan, I got a purpose now for my life, I got a home in heaven, and we're just, we're just rising up, man, we're, we're excited, but then something happens. Something happens. As a Christian, as you get older, guys, you begin to lose your steam, your zeal, your passion begins to fade and you start to come down. Why? How come that happens? Why does that happen? And see, church, there's seven passion killers. There's seven passion killers that will cause you to lose your passion. And so the first passion killer, number one, guys, is unbalance. See, the Bible says there's a season for everything. Ecclesiastics 3 says, To every, everything there is a season. There's a time for everything under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. There needs to be balance, guys. There needs to be both input and output in your life, guys. There needs to be rest and there needs to be work. See, too much work will cause you to lose your passion. And too much of nothing, guys, too much of boredom will cause you to lose your passion. I know people that stay home all day. They don't do anything. They don't have no passion to do anything or, or, or want to get out and do, do something. They have no passion at all. They're living in life, guys, but they're not living life. Amen. And then there's people, guys, who are like workaholics. They live to work instead of work to live. And Psalm says right here in 127, said it's useless for you to, to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for your God gives rest to his loved ones, praise the Lord. Yeah. See, that's a good scripture to put right on the refrigerator by the workaholic. You know, right next to the one that says, thou shalt not weigh more than thy refrigerator, praise the Lord. 
You need to put that one right there. See, God wants you to rest. He wants, he wants you to rest. And see, for some Christians, the problem is that they're always doing something. They're always giving out. There's all, they're always helping. They're always serving. They're always working. And they never take time to recharge. And see, guys, church, if you never take time to recharge, you're going to unti- you're gonna get tired and you're going to get unbalanced in your life. You'll start losing your passion to tiredness and fatigue. See, you'll stop caring. Your passion for the Lord will, will, uh, will get weak. And your passion for other people will, will begin to uh, fade away, praise the Lord, because you're tired. You're burnt out from too much work. And you have to have balance, guys, in, in all things. And see, the, other, the uh, others, there's other people, guys, who's the exact opposite right here. Uh, they're always taking in. They're always taking in and never giving out. They're always going to Bible studies. They're always listening to podcasts on, on Christian radio. They're always going to conferences. They're coming to church, guys. They're always learning, always growing and taking input, guys. But they're never giving anything out. They don't have any ministry. They don't have any mission works. They're not, they don't really help anybody. They're just taking in spiritual food and getting spiritually fat, taking it all in and never giving anything out, guys. And so you're either going to uh, take too much uh, in and not, and not put enough out, or you're not going to put enough out and you're going to take too much in. See, church, you've got to decide how you're going to have balance in your life and your Christian walk. Amen. And see, let me give you a little shock thought right here, too. Bible study, guys, without ministry is dangerous. Because the Bible says here in James 4, 17, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. See, do you realize, guys, the more you know about God's plan and purpose for your life, guys, the more responsible you are for that knowledge? You're responsible for that knowledge. The more you know, and if you don't do anything about it, guys, you're simply increasing judgment in your life. See, there'll be no excuses for people that's gone to church for 10, 15, 30 years, guys. They're still struggling with secret sin that don't pay their tithes, guys, and and are still on the milk of the word. When God gives you his word, he gives you a plan for your life. He gives you a purpose. He gives us the Holy Spirit to grow us. And if you're not growing, you're still dabbling around in, in just little scriptures. You're not paying your tithes, and you're still messing around with things in the world, guys. It's because you're not listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit, praise God. There'll be no excuses for you. Jesus says in Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much will be required. See, you're going to be accountable, guys, for what you know, for what you know. So, guys, you need to have balance in our lives, balance in our lives, input and output, praise God. We need to work and we need to rest. First Timothy 4 and 7 says, exercise thyself unto godliness. How do you do this? With balance, with balance. See, every person that's physical, that uh, works out, guys, they have a balanced diet in their life. And guys, for us to be spiritually fit, we need to be balanced with with God in our life. We need to spend time in worship and prayer, spending time in his word and studying and and getting involved in the church and doing some service, sharing our witness and our testimony with other people, guys. We need to have a good balance of, of, of the things of God in our life and not just a constant inflow of the things of the world. See, I had people tell me that, they, you know, sometimes they don't feel close to God anymore. But somewhere along the line, guys, when that happens, it's because you stop praying. You stop seeking God. You stop coming to church. And then you wonder why uh, you, you don't feel close to God no more. Well, newsflash, guys. God didn't go nowhere. He's still here. But somewhere along your Christian walk, you took a detour. You let the things of the world, guys, pull the passion you had for God out of your life. 
But the good news is, guys, is God's still here. You can still feel him again. All you got to do is begin to get to an altar, begin to cry out, begin to pray, and you'll feel his presence again in your life because he says, those that seek me shall find me, praise the Lord. If you're feeling far away from the Lord this morning, all you got to do is raise your hands and say, Lord, here I am, touch my life again, and you'll start to feel God do something in your life, praise the Lord. See, church, if you have a lot of fellowship and nothing else, or you have a lot of Bible study and nothing else, you're going to be out of balance. Don't let the, the world, guys, and the things of this world get you out of balance. That will kill your passion. You've got to have balance in your relationship with the Lord. Passion killer number two, guys, that causes a loss of passion in our lives is uh, unused talents. Unused talents. 1 Peter 4.10 says that each one has received a gift to minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We've been given gifts, guys, by God to minister to one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up. First Corinthians says that there, there's diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. God's given us gifts. Those talents have been given to you guys to, to touch and to bless other people. They're not for your benefit, but they're for the benefit of people. My gifts aren't for my benefit. They're for your benefit. Your gifts aren't for your benefit. They're for my benefit and people around you, praise God. God's given us gifts and talents, and he wants us to use them because he wants us to make a difference, guys, in this world. And if you don't use your talents, guys, you're going to lose your passion. See, I used to play guitar and uh, write songs and sing, and for a while I had a passion for it. But then I started getting involved in other things, and, uh, and uh, I started walking away from it. And, and the, the more I, I stayed away from it, the less passion I had for it. And maybe there's some of you today here in church that you've set on your gifts so long that you don't have passion for it anymore. And so you gotta, you got to steer that pot, guys. God wants you to, he wants to touch your life again. He can touch your life and steer those gifts up in your life and give you a passion again for them. See, now my wife, she plays the guitar awesome and, and she sings awesome, so I don't, even, I don't have to do it no more. And, and, and maybe some of you are here saying, why, why do I got to use my gifts in the church? Because there's already people there that's better at it than I am. But see, it's not about who's better at what, guys. It's about you being obedient to God with the gifts and talents that he's put in your life and use them to bless other people, praise God. See, God didn't give you just special abilities for you to just sit on, but he wants you to use them and bless other people. He wants you to use them to bless people, praise God. I think God's grieved sometimes when, when we don't use our gifts and talents. It'd be like you going to a friend and you bought this gift and it's valuable. And you're like, here. And they take it and they look at it and they just toss it to the side. You'd be like, oh, that kind of stings because you, you've invested in it. You, you've got this gift for them and it can bless them. And, and they, don't, they, don't see no, they don't see no value in it. See, church, you've got to use your gifts, praise God. You've got to use your gifts. If you don't use your gifts, guys, you're going to lose your passions. First Corinthians says this, but as God has given and distributed to every man, as the Lord has called everyone, everyone God calls, guys, he gives us gifts to use, praise the Lord. God wants you to have a ministry. He wants you to have a ministry that you can plug into and, and, and touch others. And that's why you need to have a home church that you can plug in and start learning to use your gifts and talents, praise the Lord, so you don't lose them, so you don't lose your passion for the Lord. And see, part of the church's job is to help you discover and help you find your gifts and talents and plug in and use them, praise the Lord. And we're going to get better at that. We're going to hopefully get some classes going uh, soon and this year and, and really dive into some of that, praise the Lord. Uh, passion killer number three that causes a loss of passion is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. See, unconfessed sin, guys, will rob you of your fellowship with God. 
It will rob you of your confidence. It will rob you guys of your passion. Sin will tear down the fellowship and relationship that you have with God quicker than anything. It will tear it down. Talk about feeling alone. Unconfessed sin, guys, will have you on an island all by yourself. Unconfessed sin, guys, will bring guilt and condemnation upon your life. And the enemy will take that guilt and condemnation and he'll beat you over the head with it. Every chance he gets, you you won't even be able to joy service. You'll come to church and and want to raise your hands and and the thought of that sin in your life will pop up in your head and the enemy will be laughing at you and you won't even be able to worship and praise because you're under guilt and condemnation because of unconfessed sin in your life. See, your sins will become too heavy that you can't have passion for the Lord. Psalms 38 says, for my iniquities have gone over my head and like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. See the way to sin guys, it's heavy and it will steal your joy. It will steal your passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. And see the enemy wants you to continue to walk around and unconfess sin. That way he can just keep putting guilt on your life that you'll keep walking in guilt. See sin will cause you to lose your passion and you can't have passion for Jesus Christ, guys, with sin in your life. Sin separates your relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to get it out of your life. And that's why you need to be in tune with God's Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Bible says in John 16 and 8, and when he comes, talking about the spirit of truth, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Because the Holy Spirit's going to bring a conviction to your life, guys. He's going to point things out to you when he comes to you. When you get out of alignment, he's going to say, hey, you're out of alignment. You're, you're off course. You need to get back in alignment. You could be in church and, and trying to, uh, you know, praise God. You know, you'll start to raise your hand and try to act like nothing's going on. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, wait a minute. Uh-uh. There's something in your life you need to deal with and get it right. You'd be sitting at home or at bed at night and trying to sleep, and the Holy Spirit will wake you up. Hey, you got some ought against your brother. You need to deal with that. That's what he does. It's his job. He convicts us, and he transforms us, and he conforms us in the image of Christ if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. See, if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, guys, and get that unconfessed sin out of your life, then you're not going to walk in passion. You're not going to walk in victory in your life. You'll lose your zeal. You'll, you'll lose your passion for the Lord. 1 John 1, 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, that he's faithful, guys, and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. See, that's his promise to us. If we confess, he's going to forgive, praise the Lord. Don't wait, guys. Get it right. Get any unconfessed sin out of your life, praise the Lord, so you can walk and have passion with the Lord. Passion killer number four. It causes a loss of passion in our life. Is unresolved conflict. Unresolved conflict. See, conflict, guys, it's draining. It will just drain the passion right out of your life. Have you ever got up in the morning, it was just like happy, got your shower, man, got your coffee, got a donut, was heading out the door, and all of a sudden you got in a fight with your spouse? It's just like, oh, man, it just drains. The, it takes the zip out of your doodah, praise the Lord. It just, it just takes it all out of you, praise God. It's like letting the air out of your tires. It just, ooh, it just sucks it right out of you. And that's what conflict does, guys. It takes your passion out of your lives, takes it out. Your attitude, all of a sudden, guys, will, will go flat. You're, you won't have no desire no more. You'll have no passion. And let's be honest, if you're married here this morning, guys, uh, the, uh, the, the one person that can like, take the air out of your cell is your spouse, praise the Lord, especially if you've been married for any time at all, because they just know the right things to say, the right buttons to push, guys, just to, just to make that conflict worse, praise God. My dad used to tell me, your mama can make me so mad I want to cuss. And he said, but I didn't cuss. He goes, but where I spit, the grass when it grow, praise the Lord. So it's like, you know. See, church, 
There's been times with me and my wife, we've been in conflict, man. I mean, in bad. I mean, if, I mean, even the happiest place on earth, Disneyland, wanted to help us out, man. We were just, we were, we were in conflict and we needed to resolve it, praise the Lord. And see, guys, when you have unresolved conflict in your life, it drains you spiritually to the point that you don't want to do anything. You won't want to pray. You won't want to be around other Christians. You won't want to go to church. And so you have to be on guard, especially when you're married, guys, because that's where the enemy wants to put a foothold is between you and your spouse. To separate you, to get you apart. Because the Bible says here in Mark 3.25, if a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to put a gap between you and your wife and, and separate that relationship, guys, where you have no passion for her and you have no passion for anything else or your relationship with the Lord. And see, here's a church, guys. We're a family. And the the enemy wants to come in here, and he wants to divide us. And he'll start conflict in the congregation just to try to to divide this house. I've seen people come to church that would even shake people's hands. They would would sit on one side, and the other person would sit on this side. And you couldn't even get them on the same uh, row of pews, guys, or seats, praise the Lord, because of the conflict in their life. You want to tell me God's going to be pleased with that? That you're going to walk in victory and have passion with that type of attitude? No. No way. You won't have passion. You won't have victory in your life with, a, with an attitude like that. Newsflash for you. The Bible says here, Jesus says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And what Jesus is saying, guys, if you come up to give an offering at the altar, you come up to offer your gifts of service to the Lord and you remember somebody's got something against you. Before you serve, before you give your gift, go back and make things right. Because the Lord's saying, until you do, I can't accept a gift from a heart that's not right. So you need to go get it right and make it right so God will receive your gift, whether it's financial or your service, praise the Lord. God don't want no one serving him out of a wrong heart. He wants your heart to be right and, and, and passionate for him, praise the Lord. Some of you might be in a, a conflict situations on your job, you know, where the conflict's pretty great and, and you're trying to do everything you can to minimize it, you know, and maybe it's coming from the other person more than it is from you. And so how do you keep your passion in that situation uh, when something's going on like that? You've got to decide, guys, to protect yourself from three emotions that can come into your life from conflict. So you can't, you can't control how the other person's going to act and their emotions and, and what they're going to do, but you can control your emotions and the way you're going to act in that situation. And see, three emotions, guys, that will kill your, your, your passion and conflict is resentment, jealousy, and anger. And see, the Bible tells us here in Job 5 and 2, surely resentment destroys a fool and jealousy kills a simple. And again, in verse 18, he says, you are, the only, uh, see, you are only hurting yourself with anger. See, guys, resentment destroys, jealousy kills, and anger hurts you. And so you have to make the decision when it comes to resentment and jealousy and anger, guys, not to let that get in your heart. you got to let it go because if you get, let it get in your life and get it in your heart, it's going to be like a cancer. It's going to eat you up. you got to get rid of it and not let it have place in your life, praise the Lord. That's why forgiveness is so important, guys. See, any resentment that you have towards someone else, it's only, it's only going to hurt you, not them. They might not even know that you have resentment. Them. But you got to get it out of your life, praise God. You have to forgive and let it go. Yes, say, Lord, you know, I can't control this, Lord. You know, I, you know, I just I want to put it in your hands, praise God, because I just can't deal with it no more. And you got to learn to forgive, let it go, guys, and put it in God's hands, praise the Lord. See, if you don't, guys, conflict will steal your passion. It will kill your passion for the Lord. You got to deal with it and you got to get it out of your lives. 
Passion killer number five, guys, that causes a loss of passion in our lives is unsupported faith. Unsupported faith. See, sometimes you lose your passion for God, guys, because you don't, you don't stay around other believers. You don't spend time uh, you know, around other people that have a passion for the Lord. So you're not spending time around other Christians. You're not, you're not getting into fellowship where you can be built up spiritually. That's why when you become a believer, guys, you need to plug into a church. You need to get into a, a believer's class, uh, a prayer group, small groups, whatever you can get into, guys, to build yourself up. Build your relationships and build yourself up in the Lord. Be around other people that, that share that same faith that you have. I've seen many of people, guys, come through the church doors, receive Jesus Christ, and become a believer, but then they go right back out in the street, back out to the old relationships, the old hangouts, guys, and then they talk about that unbalance. They're always out there, and the world don't care about your faith. The world will make fun of you. They'll laugh at you, and it's like a constant hammer daily beating on your head and pulling the joy and that, and that passion for God out of your life. That's why you got to get in the church. you got to get around some believers that can speak faith into your life, that can pray for you, that can encourage you, praise the Lord. Because if you don't, guys, the world's going gonna, gonna to pull you, praise the Lord. Here's a great, a great practical verse right here in Ecclesiastes 4. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his companion, his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. See, church, we need each other. We need each other. Because we're all going to fall sometimes. Sometimes we're going to stumble, guys. And that person that you're helping up this week might be that person that's helping you up next week or next month or next year. There was a pastor in the Midwest that had a deacon that he would call up to, uh, to, to close his service when he was, uh, uh, after he got done preaching, he'd come up and he'd, he'd say a blessing over the, uh, the congregation and, and dismiss service. And he always ended with this word, a Lord prop us up on our leaning side. And so the pastor heard that and so he was kind of curious what he was talking about. And so when he was shaking hands at the end of the church, uh, he asked his deacon, he's all, you know, you always end with that, prop us up on our leaning side. What do you mean by that? He's all, well, pastor, you know, I have a ranch, I've been ranching for years. I got a big barn out there. Got my tractors in it and, you know, animals and hay and all that. And he goes, uh, that barn's been standing through all the, the dry heat summers. It's, it's went through bug infestations. It's went through the, the cold weather. And it's still, it's still standing. One day I was out working and I saw that uh, it was leaning to one side. It was leaning over to one side. So I got my stuff and I went over there and I propped it up on its leaning side. And he says, that became my prayer. Prop me up, Lord, on my leaning side. And see, church, each and every one of us here, guys, is going to need someone in your life that when you feel like leaning and going back in the wrong direction that can come alongside you and prop you up because the, the heat of the enemy is going to get on your life. Sometimes those picky bug situations are going to pick at you and uh, those cold storms are going to come blowing in your life and you're going to need someone to prop you up on your leaning side, praise God, to prop you up. Keep you from falling over when you feel like going back into addiction. Feel, feel like going back into those bad relationships. You need someone to come alongside you, not push you on over, but prop you up, praise God. And that's the good thing about being in a church fellowship, guys, and sharing your faith with people that's like-minded, that, that serve the Lord. They can prop you up, praise God. See, because we all fall sometimes. We all go through crisis in our life. And you need a support group around you, guys, that can speak faith into your life. Keep that passion burning in your life, praise the Lord. And not just in the difficult times, guys, but in the good times, too. See, my life is better today because of relationships I have in the church. The relationships people's, uh, God's put in my life with people. 
See, we were made for relationships, guys. God made you to live that way. And see, when you're in prison, when they, wanna, when they really want to put ultimate punishment on you guys, they'll put you in solitary confinement. See, because we were made to be with others. We were made to be with people. That's how God created you. He said in Genesis, it wasn't good for man to be alone. He wants you to be in relationship. Whether you're single, guys, or married, you were designed to be in relationship with people. Amen. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. See, I've seen a lot of people, guys, keep their passion. I've seen a lot of people lose their passion. And the ones that's lost their passion is because they stopped coming to church. They stopped. They pulled back from relationships with people. Whatever this, uh, the reason was, they, they stopped hanging around people that had a passion for the Lord, guys. And the next thing you know, guys, their heart starts to turn cold from, from God and from serving God. And see, church, when, when you're going through something like that, you don't want to run away from the church. You don't want to run away from people. You want to run to God. You want to run to relationships that can speak into your life. Praise the Lord. You need to get around people that's got the fire of God in their life that they can light that lighter in your life, guys, and, and get the flames burning in you again, praise the Lord. When you're, when you're going through things and you're depressed and uh, you don't want to go hang out with sad people if you're depressed, you want to get around some people that's got some joy in their life, praise God. That's hungry and passionate for the Lord. That has passion. Hebrews says, let us motivate one another to acts of love and good works. See, when you get around other brothers and sisters in Christ, guys, they'll, they'll motivate you. I get motivated being around my other brothers and sisters in Christ that's doing something good, that's you know, tell me something they've done for the Lord, and it excites me that, that I want to do something, praise the Lord. Passion number six, or passion killer number six, that causes a loss of passion in our lives is unclear purpose. An unclear purpose. And see, church, when you don't know your purpose... You're going to get pulled by the things of the world. Outside of the world is going to begin to pull on you that you're not going to have no passion for God because the desires of the world, the, the bad relationships, the bad job, the bad places, all those things are going to be, uh, be attracting to you because you're not going to know your purpose and the plan that God has for you. You'll come to church and you're sitting in here looking at your clock or, or playing with your girlfriend or your boyfriend's hair instead of getting in God's word where he says, I got a plan, I got a purpose, I got a destiny for your life you got to get in God's word and know that he's got a plan for your life, church. See, maybe you felt like Isaiah here in 49 where it says, Then I said, I had labored in vain. I spent my strength for nothing. And it's all in vain. See, guys, if you don't know your purpose, you're laboring in vain. If you don't have a clear purpose for what God has for your life. See, passion, guys, and purpose, they go together. They go together. When you have a clear purpose, guys, for your life in, in Christ, you're going to have passion, praise the Lord. But it's got to be God's purpose for your life. So you need a, a, a greater cause for your life, guys, than just living for yourself. See, the more you understand God's purpose and plan for your, your life, and the more you begin to live in that plan and purpose, guys, the more you're going to be passionate for the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing matters more, guys, than having a purpose or living the purpose that the Lord has for your life. Not fame, not wealth, not success, guys. Not any of those things. Nothing can compensate a life, guys, without purpose. You've got to have purpose. See, unclear purpose, guys, well, it, will, it will kill your passion for the Lord. If the uh, worship team wants to come on back up this morning. Praise the Lord. The last one, finally. Passion killer number seven, guys. It causes loss of passion in our lives. Is an undernourished spirit. An undernourished spirit. 
See, every day you're going to face situations and circumstances in your life that's going to pull from you, that's going to eat at your faith, that's going to try to shrink your faith, that's going to try to keep you uh, from spending time with God because the enemy wants you to be weak. He wants you to be anemic. He wants you to have an undernourished spirit and have no passion for your walk in Christ. The world's going to throw distractions at you, distractions and disappointments, guys, frustrations and fears and problems and, and uh, you know, pressures and failures, guys. And fatigue, the world's going to do all that. But see, you have to do something, church. You have to intentionally uh, build your spirit in the Lord. You have to purposely desire to be hungry for God. You, if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it. No one else can do it. The church can't do it. you got to have a purpose in your life to hunger and, and thirst for the Lord to build up your spirit in Jesus Christ. Praise God. you got to do it. you got to want to do it. How do you do it? How do you nourish and build up your spirit? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Church, you got to get a hunger. You got to get a thirst for Jesus Christ where you're willing to get to an altar and pray and say, Lord, I need you. I need to draw closer to you. I'm willing to stay at the altar when everybody gets up and walks away. I'm willing to stay here and keep my hands praising and worshiping God when everybody else sits down. You got to have a passion and a hunger and a desire, guys, to seek God, to grow grow your spiritual man, that you won't be anemic, that you won't be weak, that you'll be hungry and passionate, and that the fire of God will burn in your life. Praise the Lord. See, when you really begin to seek God with your whole heart, you're going to have passion for God. It's going to come alive in you. The Bible says here in Romans 5 and 8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ is passionate about you, church. He loves you so much that he died for us when we were in our sins. He's got passion for you. He desires to be in relationship with you. He's jealous for you. See, the more you understand God's love and his passion for you, the more you'll want to serve him and surrender your life and give everything to him. See, the most important thing that you can know is there's a Savior that loves you. And the most important thing you can do, guys, is love him back. Is love him back. I'm going to have the prayer team come up this morning. And maybe you're here this morning, guys, and you're living a life that's that's passionless for God. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you're like that old barn. You're leaning to one side. Maybe the world's got more of a pull on you. than than Christ does. Christ wants to touch your life this morning. He wants to give you a purpose. Maybe you're here today and you don't really know the purpose and the plan God has for your life. He says he's got a purpose and plan. But you got to be willing, guys, like I said, to nourish your spirit. you got to be willing to step out. Don't worry about what someone else thinks or what someone else says, that I'm getting what God has for me. you got to have a determination, guys, and a made-up mind. The Lord loves you. And if you're here today, guys, and you're leaning in any direction, we want to pray with you this morning. That's what we're here for as a church, as a body, is to prop you up on your leaning side, praise God. So if you had a need this morning, guys, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your health, we want to pray with you this morning, praise God. I love you. God bless you.